You're listening to the Just Means Less ACC podcast with your hosts, Micah and Nick. Nick, how are we doing this Monday night? Can't complain too much, man. Just saw the end of the, uh, what was it, game two of the ALCS, which was cool. Um, go Rangers. I'm rooting for you, Bruce Bochy. Um, and there's a new training block at my gym, Micah. So we're starting new workouts and stuff. And I did Nordic curls, and I'm going to tell you right now, my hamstrings are going to feel it in the morning. So that's fun. Um, other than that, not much has changed in the 24 hours we last talked. So how are you doing? How's work? How's life? Work is brutal, man, but we're surviving. But no, we're good. I slept weird. So my neck's all sore. So Ooh, I'm getting old. Dude, like, it's nuts, man. Like, how, like you can just wake up and be like, yep, well, I don't feel great. Like my shoulders, like there's, I don't know, man, there's gotta be something wrong with my shoulders or my neck or something. Cause man, I'm always achy there. And then I must've just slept wrong last night, but yeah. Do do you sleep on your shoulders? Like on your side? I try not to, but there are definitely times I do that. Yeah. Yeah. I'm with you there. That happens to me a lot. I got a new pillow and it's kind of helped me out with that a little bit. So it definitely, it's yeah, see, I've, debated, I've debated a new pillow, but it's so hard because, like, you know, we live in the world where, like, oh, just because a pillow is expensive doesn't mean it actually works for you. Yeah. Because, like, you know, I've looked at, like, those pillow cubes and stuff. I'm like, oh, maybe that would work. And then I'm like, ah, I don't know, man. Like, I'm just so paranoid that, like, you know, I'm going to drop $50 on something that doesn't work. So, right. But anyways – Enough pillow talk. That sounded weird. Pause. But, <laughs> That's a movie. Um, yeah, right. It's actually it's actually like a whole website. Um, there's a lot of websites for it actually. But, um, anyways, um, yeah, this is gonna be gonna be an interesting week of ACC football. We've got some good games, some not so good games. I'm gonna be honest. I mean, just based off first glance, I mean, this might be the least exciting week of ACC football I've had, which is kind of crazy because we obviously have Duke, Florida State, and Clemson, Miami, but I don't know, man. This this whole weekend just kind of feels kind of bleh. Um, I could be off here, but it just doesn't feel – I don't know how to say the stakes aren't high, but – We've had games where, like, it feels like there's a bunch at stake. And, I mean, I guess Pitt and Wake has some stakes for, you know, considering the trajectory of the two teams. But, I mean, both – I don't know. These just don't feel like games I'm super excited about, to be honest. So, kind of curious how you feel about this week's slate. It's it's a bit underwhelming. Obviously, we have one game that's going to be huge for both teams and uh, how the championship game might play out. Um, But yeah, that first those first three games are, you know, let's be real. They're the bottom of the ACC, like the four team or the five teams and then North Carolina. Um, It's not the most exciting. I mean, Clemson, Miami, that that would have had a lot more juice to it if Miami just doesn't blow it to Georgia Tech. And I would think there would still be juice to it even if they lost to North Carolina. But um, 
that that has lost some juice, but we'll see what happens. I mean, this could be a huge like, hey, Clemson, I, mean, I think that's the, I think that's the biggest game of the week. It's it's. Like, I like, legitimately think that like, and I'm even factoring that like, the Duke Florida State game to me, man. I don't think has a lot of like juice because at the end of the day, like sure it affects Charlotte a little bit. But if Duke beats Florida State, Florida State's season is not over. And now we're talking about Duke as a potential top 10 football team. Right. If Florida State beats Duke, Duke probably doesn't fall out of the top 25 unless they get hammered. And Florida State is just proving to be what we think Florida State is. Yeah. Where Clemson, Miami, the losing team in this game, Nick, has three ACC losses and Neither program expected to be in that boat in middle of October. Right. Like, if Miami loses three straight games, that's not good, especially if two of three are at home. Clemson losing three ACC games in one season is kind of the biggest, like, like you know how Alabama is always kind of, oh, a little bit down, or Clemson. Like, Clemson doesn't lose. What, last year they lost two ACC games, Right. Was it two or was it three? Last year? Yeah. I think no, it was just I two. Clemson went undefeated. In the ACC? Yeah. They lost to South Carolina. They lost to huh? – um, I'm pretty sure they Oh, went. yeah, you're right. You're right. Yeah. yeah the Orange Bowl, duh. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. But even, sorry, the year that they didn't win, where it was Pitt and Wake, they only lost two, right? I think yeah, they it lost to, they lost to State and they lost to – And they just – Wake got fortunate enough to only lose once, right? Right, right. and that was I forgot that second where that second loss was for. Them. I have to look it up now because it's it's gonna haunt me. But like regardless, Syrac- like no, it wasn't Syracuse. Hold on, Clemson football schedule. Let's see. Let's see. Let's see. Okay, this is where they lost to Georgia in the season opener. They lost a double overtime game to State, and they lost to Pittsburgh at Pittsburgh. Gotcha. But, like, they lost three games total that year, but they only lost two ACC games. Mm -hmm. Where this would be the most ACC losses for Dabo since, I think, 2010 is what I saw, 2008. Something insane like that. Yes, that's crazy. And to think that, like, you know, obviously, like, we're, we're being a little, you know, it doesn't count for ACC play, but, you know, everyone was so down on Clemson after going, what, 10-3 and three after beating Iowa State and not winning the ACC, obviously not playing in Charlotte. If they lose this game, Nick, they're probably losing to Notre Dame. Mm-hmm. There's no guarantee that they're not going to lose at NC State, just considering what that game will mean for NC State. Same thing with, like, that South Carolina game might be for a bowl game for the Gamecocks. Like, yeah. there's a world where if Clemson loses this one, I, I think there might be one more on the slate. We're talking about eight and four Clemson. So, there's a lot on the line for that game. Like, that's the game I am most excited about because there is legitimate implications for two programs that we view as the cream of the crop in the ACC, or at least, you know, expectation-wise should be up there. I mean, obviously, Miami hasn't necessarily performed to that level, but – you know, we all thought Miami was kind of back after Texas A&M. And we're staring at a spot where they might lose three straight ACC games. So, 
it's that's, it, that's a it, lot it's to definitely, it, it definitely th- this could be like a very very bad low point in, this late into Dabo's career at Clemson. Uh-huh. You know, to be one in three, I think it would be in the ACC. That would that would be very very tough. Like, or I'm Nick, sorry, no, Nick, we were two and two, right? Huh? In the ACC, they're what? They're what's their conference record right now? Oh, I don't freaking know. Two and two, probably. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, so two and three would be three I'm losses in general is the problem. I don't care if they're and they still do. That's the thing. They still have North Carolina at home too, right? Like you know. This loss right here probably sets you up for a seven and five season. Like, Nick, we talked about yesterday, you know, the Dave Doran hot seat thing. Like, I don't say, I want to say Dabo hot seat, but there's a legitimate argument, man, that you have more of a case for Dabo on the hot seat after three, like, three kind of rough years. And obviously, they won the ACC last year, but I wouldn't put too much pride in winning the ACC last year because it was pretty bad. <laughs> But, I mean, dude, it's, it's pretty crazy to think about that's the situation that we're, we're in right now with those two programs, especially Clemson. Because, like, Clemson losing really, three games isn't the most shocking thing in the world, but losing three games in ACC play is. Yeah, yeah. That, that, that's something that I definitely want to get back to when we preview it. it Dabo's, like, on the hot seat, but. Yeah, that was good. Let's just go to it now. I mean, you want to go to it now? You want to just mean, skip right no, over to eight o'clock? There, yeah, we'll work backwards this time. All right, let's do it. I mean, if they like, if because <laughs> it's the thing, if they lose, like, I'm not saying the losing this game means hot seat, but it does mean you cannot lose again. Like, in no world, because I love Dabo Sweeney. I've been pro Dabo, I've been pro Clemson. I will. I am definitely a Clemson bandwagon fan. I am not afraid to admit it. But if your stubbornness has led you to lose 10 football games in the last three years at Clemson, that's a problem. Right. This team's too talented to go seven and five. They just are. You know, at the end of the day, like, again, I'm not saying you fire him at the end of the season going seven and five. But what I'm saying is if next year, they are not getting back to 10 wins. There's a legitimate case, especially because, you know, Clemson's part, like they've been quieter than Florida state, but they're a part of the, the, Oh, we want to join bigger and better things. Well, <laughs> then you might want to figure out how to win in the ACC first. So. Cause like, that's the thing. Like it's one thing, Nick, in my opinion for Clemson, if they're not like if they're getting two losses, right. in ACC play, they, they slip up somewhere else and they're losing this because this Florida State team is really, really good. Like Florida State right now seems to be the premier program in the conference. And right. like the future is pointing that way as well. So that's a little bit understandable. But if you're out here losing three, probably four ACC games in a season, that's not okay. Like the AC, because there's an argument, Nick, that the ACC from a top level standpoint is the best it's ever been. I still think we have some pretty bad teams towards the bottom, but like in years past, we've pretty much had one, two, maybe even just one a gap, two, three, and then a giant gap. And it's like four through 14. We're now like, it's pretty, pretty much a one through six and then a six or seven through 14. You cannot be sixth here. I mean, I genuinely think that, like, 
you should like and, and that's the thing is like i do think hard rock's gonna have a good crowd but i don't think it's gonna be as this raucous environment that everybody's talking about maybe it will be but i'm not like thinking this is gonna be the greatest crowd in you know <laughs> hard rock stadium history or something for the games so i mean this is gonna be a big one for them yeah, this is going to be huge, and I think if they pull out, if the Canes pull out this win, that's a huge like feather in the cap for Mario Cristobal, like beating what was once the premier team in this league, and you've beaten them at your own home turf is pretty pretty huge. Now, we weren't really expecting Miami to you know make a playoff run. We were kind of being a little hopeful that they could make it to Charlotte, but regardless. They beat Clemson and they finished off the season eight and four or something like that with a win over Clemson. That's pretty much, you know, I would say minus beating Clemson, that meets expectations. Like they had a down year with Cristobal the first year as head coach. Tyler Van Dyke was not good at all. They lost to Middle Tennessee at home. And you turn it around, and by the end of December, you're like, hey, we're eight and four. We're going to our bowl game. And we have a win over Clemson. Like, that's huge. So, there's a lot of opportunity left for Miami, especially in this one. And for Clemson, man, I – you're right when you say, like, Dabo would – his seat would be warm going into I, – I don't know if it would be warm going into next season if he finishes if off eight and four, if seven. If they're seven and five, it has to be warm. I think – or. Or Clemson, or Clemson's not legit. They're not. They're, they're all bark, no bite. I, 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 I'm, I'm not pro fire anybody for one bad year, but this is two of three really, honestly, bad years for Clemson. Like the I floor, think, I think the floor of Clemson with he doesn't change it. If he doesn't floor, do nil, if he doesn't do the transfer portal, and it's starting to affect no, it next season. Like it, 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 it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. I think if you go to the portal. And you fail to do the portal that next year, I don't care. Like, I don't like, I, I, he can go to the portal all he wants. If he does not go nine and like get to 10 wins the next year, then Clemson's fake. They're all bark, no bite. But isn't I've, that what, isn't that what we said in the beginning of the season when they lost to Duke? Like, hey, this is a problem that they're not going to the portal. And we talked about how Florida State has done that. And because of doing that, well, guess what Florida State right did? Now. Well, guess what Florida State did? They went to the portal and they had success with it. If you go to the portal next year, Nick, great. But if you struggle again, it doesn't matter. I don't care. Oh, it's only the first year of the portal. That's your fault. There are things in life, Nick. Like I, I'm a big believer, and like some things are out of your control. Dabo Sweeney decided, made the executive decision to not try the portal. If he tries it this offseason and he fails and doesn't do a good job, I'm sorry, Dabo. You don't get another year of trying it again. You shouldn't. Like, if wow, I'm... like Clemson – okay, here's why I say this. Because all we hear from Clemson fans, right, is that they should be contending for the national title, that the ACC is a weak conference. If they struggle three or four years in a row and the only year they win the ACC – is by far the worst year of AC football we've ever seen in our life, Nick. That is a problem. Because it's not going to get any easier. Like, no matter what Clemson wants to say, like, oh, Dabble has won before, you're right. Dabble has won. And people go, well, the thing about Nick Saban, he struggled. Nick Saban has not bottomed out to seven and five. 
Like Nick Saban's worst year is going 10 and three. That's what I'm talking about. Like, I'm not saying like Clemson needs to be contending for the national title every year. But if Nick, if they lose four ACC games, like Nick, there's a legitimate world where they lose four ACC games. And if they, and then lose another non-conference game, that's seven and five. So in the last three years, you've went what? Nine and four, 10 and three, maybe. I think 10 and three. Yeah, 10 and three. Which again, not bad. You went, what was it, 10 and three last year, I believe. Mm-hmm. 10 and three, won the ACC, but lost your in- to your in state rival. And then seven and five with four ACC losses. Again, I'm not like, I am not saying you fire him at the end of the season. That is not what I'm saying. But I am simply saying if he goes seven and five and does not get them back to 10 wins the next year, he's. I mean, if you're serious, Clemson, about being a national title contender, I think he's got to go. I really do. Because you think about it. Like, you might say, oh, like, that's so crazy. Everyone was calling for Ryan Day's head after losing to Michigan last year, and they were one kick away from probably winning the national title. It is one thing to struggle and have some bad losses here or there. But to miss the playoffs four straight years in a row in that scenario, obviously, we're getting to, which is, Obviously, not making it this year, going seven and five, and then not getting 10 wins in year four of this cycle. You had monumental changes in the sport, and you have not kept up and kind of chose to not try to keep up. Like at the end of the day, Nick, he has chosen to put Clemson behind the eight ball. That was a decision that he made. If he fails to win eight games this season, like, Nick, can you tell me that Clemson fans will be excited to play in El Paso, Texas this year where it's 41 degrees and they're probably playing like UCLA or Washington State or maybe even Oregon State and DJU at 7-5? and five? Like, is, is that exciting to Clemson? Is that where we're at now? And then next year they go 8-4 and four and they play in the Dukes Mayo Bowl? Is that really what Duke or what uh, Clemson wants to do? Probably not. I mean, this is, again, is it life or death? No. I mean, again, I'm not saying Davo should be fired or anything this season because that would be stupid. But the hot seat conversation has to come along. Like, it has to. Like, if, again, if they lose this one and drop one or two more. Because at the end of the day, man, this Clemson floor with this talent should be 10 and 3. Shouldn't be nine and four. Shouldn't be eight and five. Shouldn't be seven and six. Like, Nick, I'm going to be very transparent here. Like, give Mike Elko this Clemson talent. They're probably going to the national title. Right? Yeah. At least (laughs) contending for the ACC at the bare minimum. Like, you can't tell me that Clemson's not the second most talented team in this conference. From a pure individual talent standpoint. Mm -hmm. And – no matter what you want to say about, well, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Since the last time they made the playoffs, their offensive coordinators have left. Their defensive coordinator has left. They've, I mean, they've literally had three offensive coordinators since then. Like, eventually you have to kind of go, I wonder how much of those were the individuals that were in the room, right? Yeah. I mean, especially if Brent Venables takes Oklahoma to the playoffs this year. Come on. That should be... That should probably be a big telling sign, right? No, you're right. Yeah, you're bringing up a lot of good points. Um, and 
I'm not necessarily disagreeing with you. I think I would just say I would give Dabo a bit more of a leash. Like if he finishes seven and five this year, which I I, I don't think is going to happen. But if it does, we're talking. If it does, yeah. Um, no, and I I finish, agree. What I was I was to say, you can continue, but I was say I agree. Like I personally, Nick would not think he should get fired after year four. If it's 10 and three, 10 and three, seven and five, nine and four, right? I don't think he should get fired either or eight and five and nine and four. Like, I'm not saying that's, that should be the case. Okay. But Go if ahead. Clemson, but if Clemson is what they say they are, right? A right. national title contender, a legitimate program, like, and the, like, like Nick, that right here, right? You know, like obviously this year is still the 14 playoff. If they go eight and five next year or nine and four, they are missing the 12 team playoff. Nick Clemson should not be missing the 12 team playoff. Yeah. Plain and simple. Yeah. They should yeah, not be missing point. the 12 team playoff. No, you're right. You're right. Yeah. Like that, that would be, th- then you really have to start talking about it. Cause I kind of yeah. forgot about the 12 team playoff. Like, yeah, that's, right. like that's the, that's the flaw of this all. And like, it, it's also a matter I mean, again, obviously there's so many other factors. Like if this is a nine and four team, we don't know the HC schedule that's going to newly come out, but I'm assuming it won't get much harder for Clemson. But, like, if for some odd reason the ACC says, hey, Clemson, you got to fly to Cal and then play on a Thursday night at Virginia Tech, like, okay, I'll give them the benefit of the doubt of maybe a, a bad loss or two down the road. But for the most part, their schedule is not going to get much harder. Right. And not to be a dick, Clemson, but you keep saying, oh, we want to go to the SEC for money. Well, if you can't win in our conference with the fact you have more money than our schools, then you're not going to win in the SEC. You're just not. <laughs> Like go enjoy being Ole Miss, I guess, where your 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 best season's nine and three, and just missing the championship game of the conference. Like, I don't want that for Clemson. I don't. But if you're if you're what you say you are in legitimate conversations, like, and again, I love Dabo. I am I am a I am a Dabo Sweeney fan. But I am also a big believer in life that sometimes you have to take accountability for your own actions. And if you chose to put this program behind the schedule because of your personal beliefs, though I kind of agree with you and I don't really like the transfer portal all that much, at the end of the day, that is how you win football games nowadays. It is. Like, not to be a jerk, Dabo, but NIL wasn't a thing, but you guys were spending stupid monies on slides in your athletic de- – like, they have one of the nicest football facilities in the country. He didn't complain about that, though, right? He loved that. He loved having a basketball court and a mini putt-putt course and a, you know, sleeping pods and a slide to slide down for recruits. Like, that was almost the definition of NIL, right? Right. Because <laughs> back when players couldn't get paid, like, at least legally, how did you get them? By having the best facilities. Just because you don't want to adapt to the new rules doesn't mean that you should get mulligans for having bad seasons. Right. Because at the end of the day, like this, this program wants to be more than nine and four, and should and they should be, they should want more. So, again, do I think they should fire? Like again, this is like way down the line kind of stuff. But if I mean, if they lose this one and, and this stuff spirals, I mean, that's a I mean, because again, this team's just too talented for that. Again, I, back to this game, Nick. I think Clemson's going to win, so I don't even think we have to worry about this. <laughs> yeah. I mean, the biggest question is going to be like. Miami, it's like, like there is a world where Miami checks out and decides not even to go to play in a bowl game. And think about that's it. what we were afraid of. Starting like, this season. like, think about it. You're four and zero. Your best win is Texas A and M, who, by the way, 
doesn't look all that great. <laughs> like they're very mid, to be honest. Like they are, they got they got the brand title and that's it. I mean, they've they're, they're like Texas A and M is four and three right now. Any re- relevant football team they've played, they've lost to. Like, right. ooh, Miami of Ohio, like. Nick, this this is not this is not correct because AM is obviously more talented than Miami of Ohio. But the Miami Ohio win to me is almost more impressive than Texas AM. <laughs> because they played little old Miami of Ohio and took it to them. Or of course I would hope you'd be up for Texas AM, right? <laughs> you know, but you're four and three at this point. You've lost three straight games. You've lost them in kind of frustrating fashions because honestly, both games you had at least at some point, a legitimate thought you're going to win the football game. And then, like, I mean, again, I, I'm not trying to, to push a Virginia narrative that really shouldn't be there, but you're going to get a Virginia team the following week who's going to want to beat you, who's going to be excited to play you. So then, potentially four and four. Then you got to go to NC State. You can't tell me that Wolfpack Nation's not going to be up for that one, Nick. Right. Oh, and then, by the way, you've got rival Florida State on the road. Oh, and then, by the way, a pretty scrappy Louisville team who might still be as good as you comes to town. Oh, and then, by the way, Nick, did you know they have to play Black Friday in freezing cold Boston, Massachusetts? I mean (laughs) – there's not a single if, – if Miami loses this football game, Nick, there is not a single game on the schedule the rest of the year from Miami that I say that's a guaranteed win. And yeah. with the way the mental state of Miami programs are and the lack of inability of Mario Cristobal to actually coach a team – because he can recruit, but coach a team? I'm not going to pull him from my bowl projections that quickly. But, Nick, <laughs> you better believe whatever that spread is with Virginia next week, I'll probably be taking Virginia to cover at the bare minimum. <laughs> so, this is a – again, this is a show-me-something game. Like, I am actually very bummed this is 8 o'clock because I will not really be able to watch too much of it with me being at Arkansas State. Um, so, but, yeah, dude, I mean, I'll tell, I'll tell Tim Beck you said hi. But, you <laughs> know, it's just – oh, Third time dude. this year. Yeah, third road game in a row, man. They're gonna again. They're gonna think I'm stalking them, but <laughs> dude, I'm so excited. You know that uh, Arkansas State Stadium has like a little like rock waterfall in the end zone. I think oh, that's pretty cool. Dude, look up Arkansas State's football stadium. It might be one of the nicer ones I've seen. Like just pictures of. I can't like. It's always been a bucket list of mine because I'm like, there's no way there's a nice stadium in Jonesboro, Arkansas. But there might actually be a nice one. So. <laughs> But anyways, I mean, Nick, what, what are your thoughts? What, what do you think happens on Saturday night in, in uh, Miami Gardens or whatever the heck it technically is listed as nowadays? <laughs> I think I think Clemson gets up for this game. I think people people are and the, sorry, I don't mean to interrupt you. The spread is three and a half. Clemson's the three and a half point road favorite. So yeah, if you want if you want to pick a cover or not as well. I think honestly, I think Clemson's going to cover this. Um. This is what I was kind of afraid of if Miami dropped a couple of games. And obviously with the embarrassing fashion of Georgia Tech and then losing to North Carolina, a game that you were kind of in for most of the time, people are sleeping on Clemson. 
um, they they can wake up and they have they've gotten two conference games, two conference wins in a row. Um, I'm just afraid that Miami has given up, and that's what I was afraid of seeing this year. Like one loss, and they're done. Like they will give up, and you would think that a Mario Cristobal coach team wouldn't do that, but it's almost looking like they might do that. Um, so not to mention Clemson, I think since they've lost, they have still been receiving votes every single week. Like, I don't think there's been a week this season where they haven't been receiving votes in the top 25. So some people are still like, Hey, watch out. Like this team can get back up and, you know, they're talented enough to finish off this schedule and be 10 and two. And if you told us in the beginning of the season, yeah, Clemson finishes 10 and two, none of us would really be surprised. Like, Oh, someone must have upset them, you know? So I, I got Clemson in this. I think Miami, I'm afraid that they have just given up on the season. See, I don't think Miami has checked out yet, but this is a game where like, Miami has had the benefit for the most part, right, of being able to catch teams. Like, I genuinely think the motivation of Miami was enough to beat Texas A&M because they're talented enough to hang with them. They're obviously talented enough to hang with Clemson. I just, like, I do trust Dabo Sweeney in getting Clemson up. I do. And at the end of the day, like, again, I'm not, like, I don't think this is going to be a, a checked-out Miami team this week. I don't. But what I do worry about is if they lose this game, there's no way they're going to be up when they've just played back-to-back weeks of top 25 primetime games. I mean, I guess Clemson's not technically top 25, but if you look at power rankings, Nick, Clemson's like number 18. I'm pretty sure if the BCS was still a thing, I think Clemson was like 12 right now. (laughs) Like, you know, there's a world where you can make an argument that Clemson's a top 25 team. And it's also, if you're like a recruit at Miami, like, Who's the, who has been like when you were getting recruited? Who was the cream of the conference? It's Clemson. So, you know, Tyler Van Dyke knows of Clemson being the team to beat in the conference, and whether they are right now or not does not mean you don't want to beat them. But if they can't win this game, how do you get excited for Virginia next week? And if you struggle and or lose the Virginia, how do you get up the rest of the season when you've got like like how are you going to like feel confident playing Florida State or Louisville? or North Carolina, or Boston College in freezing cold temperatures on the last game of the season. Not great. Right. So, this is going to be a fun one. I'm going to say that Miami covers because it's three and a half. I'm going to, I'm going to take the cop-out 17, like 27-24 win for, <laughs> for Clemson. But this one's going to be interesting, man. I, I, I kind of can't wait for it. But we move on. We are now at game number two. We're working backwards here. The 7.30 slate on ABC. We've got Duke, Florida State. Florida State's a 14-point favorite. Nick, I'm just going to be honest with you. I think Florida State wins, and I think they cover. Is that line with or without Riley Leonard? Just out of curiosity. It's got to be without. I don't think Riley Leonard's playing. There's no way he's back. There's no way. We're three weeks removed. Right? Like, there's we, no way. We would be going to week three without him. Yeah, there's no way he's playing. Like that injury was not a, like a oh two weeks and you're good. Like I'm gonna be honest with you, Nick, and I mean this in the most kind way possible about Riley Leonard. 
Riley Leonard is not a great quarterback from a standpoint of stand in the pocket and throw the ball. He beats you with his ability to move around the pocket and throw the ball. If he can't move the way he can, which I don't know there's how any, any way possible he could, and with this Florida State defensive front, like if I'm Duke, it is not worth playing him. Because I don't think they beat him with Riley Leonard, especially with Riley Leonard's current – like, Nick, if Riley Leonard was 100% healthy, do you think Duke goes into Florida State and wins this game? I'm going to say no. Does they, do they maybe cover 14? Sure. But are they going to go in there and get the win? No. I don't think so. So why risk his health? And you're not even just risking his health. You're not going to have what like what makes Raleigh Leonard special. Like, it's funny. Like, you know, last year there were Ravens fans that were like, I can't believe we're not playing Lamar against the Bengals in the playoffs. And I'm like, as much as I would obviously love to have Lamar, he cannot move the way he normally does. I'd rather have Tyler Huntley in this situation. Because it's not like Lamar Jackson is beating you with his arm. Sometimes the, he can do it if, if you're worried about his legs, but you're more worried about his feet than you are his ability to throw the football. And that's kind of the same thing with Riley Leonard. I'm not saying Riley Leonard's the athleticism of Lamar Jackson, but let's just be real. I mean, think about some of the plays that have happened. It's Riley Leonard escaping the pocket and then delivering a good ball, buying time for his receivers to get open. And I think Duke's defense is good. Duke has done a great job of stopping the run this year. I don't know if Duke can contain these wide receivers. Because they kind of struggle with Notre Dame a little bit from that front. And the wide receivers at Notre Dame are not even close to the wide receivers at Florida State. I think Florida State wins this game, and I think it's pretty handily. I'm going like 31-14. Like I, Duke, I'm not trying to say I doubt you, but I'm not saying they're not going to try, Nick, because I think that would be stupid. But if I'm Duke, you don't have a conference loss yet. If I'm Duke, you want to know who I'm going to try to beat more than Florida State? North Carolina. Yes. Riley Leonard can be back and and maybe even 90% healthy for that game. Right? We're three weeks away from that, four weeks away from that. Why risk it? And, like, to be honest, man, the Duke game plan could be successful here. Think about it. We're just going to sit back. Our offensive line can push people around. I don't know how much success they'll have pushing around Florida State, but they push Clemson around. So maybe they put them, push them around a little bit. They burn some clock. Like, I guarantee you Duke's going to try to keep the ball out of the hand of Jordan Travis. They're going to. So maybe there is a world where Duke, you know, because, again, that is one thing that I respect the hell out of Breland for. Breland, right? Not Berlin. Is it Breland? I don't know. I'm going to look it up now so I don't botch it. But, like, more than likely, you know, <laughs> we're talking about a team that's not going to go out of its way yeah, or sorry, it's Beelin, not Beelin, not Breeland. Beelin. Like, he's just gonna sit in the pocket and just make a quick read. Like they're not gonna they're not gonna put him in situations where he has to like throw in a double coverage. Like, I don't see this kid, like, I don't see Duke designing anything to like go like this could be a very boring Duke offense. <laughs> like three or four yard in routes. Maybe every once in a while a slant to the sideline. <laughs> But there's not going to be like, oh, let's take a deep shot over the middle with a bunch of crossing routes. I just don't see that. And they're going to try to establish the run. And they're going to try to like, you know, just like Duke's going to try to bully Florida State. I just don't think they can do it. It's kind of like what happened when Kentucky played Georgia, Nick. 
And I'm, I think Duke's better than Kentucky, but I also think that Georgia, talent-wise, is better than Florida State. But, you know, Kentucky tried to bully a team that normally does the bullying. And what happened? They didn't have the same success they do against other schools that they normally can bully. Duke has been bullying everybody that they've beaten this year. Nick, think about it. I mean, even Notre Dame in that loss, they bullied Notre Dame. I don't know if they can bully Florida State because not only does Florida State have the ability to probably go blow for blow with them, but Duke does not have the secondary to slow down this. Like, I don't know if there's really any secondary in college football, Nick, that can truly slow down this Florida State receiving court. Florida State can beat you in so many different ways. And like, to be honest, this is Florida State's last big home game. Until maybe, I think it's Florida at home or is that in Gainesville? No, it's at Gainesville. This is their last, like, Nick, they play, yeah, they have Miami at home at the, like, at the end of the month. This is the last time they're home for the next couple weeks. Primetime game, like, Tallahassee's going to be bumping. And what we've seen from Florida State the last few weeks makes me think that they are just, have been in complete cruise control. So if they have to come out and play, like, I mean, I wouldn't be surprised, Nick, if this game's a seven-point game at half. But, I mean, I just, sorry, Duke. I'm just too confident in Florida State. You make a lot of good points, but I'm going to rebuttal a little bit. I think Florida State is going to win this game. Um, I feel like this could be a mini – it's not like I'm saying Florida State is sleeping because they're not. They would be stupid to sleep against one of the better teams they're going to play this year. But this low-key could be a little bit of a trap spot if they don't take them seriously. I mean, think about it. They have been in cruise control, right? Like you said, they've been blowing out teams in conference. They blew out uh, Virginia Tech the other week. They blew out Syracuse. Um, they, I think they got caught sleeping against Boston College, which they know they shouldn't have. But this could be a situation where, okay, guys, like Duke is good. Riley's not going to be there, though. So, yeah, the, let's just, like, go out there and just, like, you know, play football. But I'm just a little worried, a little, little worried. And I'm a, a little concerned. I don't want to put in some bad juju out there for Jordan Travis because I really like him. I think he's been, you know, going through the worst times and to finish off your bet, finish off your senior year at Florida state being at the top of the league and in a playoff contending spot is amazing. And I give Jordan Travis all the credit for doing that, sticking around, trusting the process and not transferring somewhere else. Just don't get hurt. Because I feel like if this quarterback gets hurt, it could be a long rest of the season for Florida State. I'm just saying. And Duke is a physical team. Like you said, they bullied. And I think they can go – if they can go blow for blow against Clemson and Notre Dame, I think they can go blow for blow against Florida State. The problem is I think Florida State is much more athletic than both Clemson and Notre Dame. So we'll see what happens. But – um it wouldn't surprise me if this is a one-score game, 10 minutes left in the fourth quarter. So we'll see. Um, I think it would be smart if if Riley Leonard is 50%, then don't play him. Don't play him. But we'll see. Oh, did I lose you? 
sorry about that, Nick. Sometimes service happens, and I just happened to be on my normal walk, and a gentleman stopped to ask me a question. So I was like, instead of having to have that in the background, I figured I'd just end the call and then pick it back up. So, so you I need mean, to pick. If, you if have... just wanted to disagree with me, you could just say that, not hang up. <laughs> no, I don't. I, I I don't hate your premise. Like I, I kind of can see it. I mean, I I don't see Florida State overlooking Duke, though. I mean, like, oh, they're without Riley Leonard, like, because at the end of the day, I mean, this again, like I said, this is the biggest game left on their schedule until they have Miami. Yeah, I just think like they could be there. There could be a situation where they're feeling themselves a little too much mm-hmm. and think that seven thirty maybe seven thirty at night in Tallahassee is not going to have them sleepwalking. I promise you. No, I, I'm, was, not saying, I'm not saying sleepwalking. No, but I'm I know. But like, but if they're feeling Nick, there's a difference between feeling yourself and being overconfident. You can't be overconfident in an environment that's going to be rocking. We don't see that very like how many times Nick have we seen a team where they're playing a big home game right in front of a sellout crowd. Even if they think they're going to be the better team, just lose. We don't see that very often ever. Like, I think the last time I can recall really seeing that was when Virginia Tech beat Ohio State in 2015 or 14, whatever year it was, Ohio State won the title. Yeah. And that's the last time I recall a team that, like, played in a big-time, prime-time spot on the road and went on and beat them and upset them. You don't see that very often. You see that like the other way around. If they go, like Florida State was going to Duke, absolutely. Um, dude, this is this is the most raucous environment. Like, think about it. Florida State didn't host Clemson. Florida State has not played a game of this magnitude at home all season. Yeah, and this is the first time they've done this in years. Like Nick, we predicted the future by saying this was the game we should go to for our road trip. We killed it on this one. We did. Like. Because not only did we get a good game to begin with that we knew we were going to, we got a primetime game between top 20 teams. Top 15, right? Did Duke enter the top 15? No, they're 16. Ah, darn. Well, close enough. Top 16. We're going to do college uh, FCS playoff rules. Top 16 seeds. Like, (laughs) this is crazy, man. Like, this is going to be – like, I I agree. There's there's a chance. But I just don't see it because – like, again, if this was even a noon game, Nick, or a 3.30 game, fine. This is the first primetime game that Florida State has played at home as a top-five team against another ranked opponent. A ranked opponent who, by the way, is probably either playing without or a banged-up starting quarterback. And you can say Jordan Travis has been a little shaky and banged up, too. He is still more healthy than Riley Leonard that would come out and still better than Beelan when he's out there playing right now. No, yeah, that's fair. I just like unless Duke's defense can just make Jordan Travis make a ton of like honestly, Nick. Here's my only concern. And again, they're playing at home prime time. That's why I don't think it's going to happen. My biggest concern is if Florida State jumps out early and then they do what they've been doing a couple times this year, where they take their foot off the gas and Duke comes storming back. But I just don't see it happening. I feel in like this environment, what, what their mindset could be is like, okay, guys, get past this big ass game, and we are set. Like, there's nothing left. And if you start looking ahead at the easy schedule, like we're, there's no one that can beat us, Duke might come back and, hello, it's a seven-point game with ten minutes left in the fourth. So, yeah, but you can make that same argument for Louisville when they played Notre Dame. Think about it. Louisville played their first big-time game at home in a very long time. You look at the rest of the schedule and you're like, oh, man, like, come on, Louisville? Like, 
we got nothing left on our schedule after this game. Nothing. Their schedule is a hell of a lot easier too than even what Florida State's got coming down the road. Right. Like, and they took it to Notre Dame. I just think like at the end of the day, like they're Nick, I would not be surprised if like Florida State's up 14-0 and then Duke scores like 10 unanswered, right? And then you're sitting there like, oh shit. Uh-oh. This fan base, this crowd will will them to not let this fall apart, though. Yeah. I just don't see it. Like, again, if you want to take Duke to cover, I mean, it's, what, 14 or whatever, 14 and a half, that's fine. You do you. Like, that, that's completely reasonable. But, like, to go out on the limb, like I'm saying, 31-14, sure, you, you know, you, you, can, you can absolutely disagree with that being a 17-point win for Florida State. I have no quanters there. But to think that they might even lose the game, like, like this is actually my most confident pick of the entire weekend. Yeah, you've been on you've been on this for a while. Like, I don't think that this is going to be a real like. It's, again, I trust Florida State enough at home in a big game like this to find a way to not only win but send a statement. Like, like I feel more confident in this game than I do when they go to like, oh, is it not Boston College? Uh, where do they go next week? Shit, um, Pitt. Wait. I think it's Pitt next week. Oh, sorry. Uh, wait. Well, they have they they go to they go to Pitt too though. It's the following week. Yeah. I feel more confident with them going to like, no offense to Wake. I'm not actually that worried about them going to Wake. <laughs> now then, it's getting prime time, maybe. But like, I think I'm more. I would still say I'm more confident in them winning this one than not dropping one of the following two, especially if they do win this one. Because <laughs> like, this just doesn't give me a look ahead spot. Like, what are you looking ahead to? You don't even know, Nick, because the ACC is stupid. I don't know if you saw that today, Nick, but the ACC doesn't even want to tell any of their teams what time they're going to be playing next week. <laughs> Because they don't want it, they don't know what to do. <laughs> so it's not even like Florida State's like. I mean, I think if Florida State wins, Nick, and Wake beats Pitt, then probably Wake and Florida State's a primetime game next Saturday. But they haven't said anything about when these games are going to be. So like, all you really know is big game this week, ABC. And we've seen, man, when Florida State has had to play in the primetime this year, like Clemson played their best game of the year, and Florida State was battered and distraughted, and they still won. And that was on the road. I just don't see them losing this one or even really being in a true – like, I will be genuinely shocked, Nick, if in the fourth quarter Duke has the ball down seven. I will be shocked. I really will. Because I just don't trust this team currently. So, anyways – we move on. Game number three. My who's head to Chapel Hill. It's a 23 and a half point underdog. Nick, Virginia's covering. Like I, I they're covering. I don't I don't think North Carolina is gonna beat the shit out of them. This is such a look ahead spot for them, dude. It's unreal. And say what you want about Virginia. They have been competitive all season. They have been. Like, Tennessee was probably their worst performance, and they were still figuring things out. The emotion of the first game back, I mean, that was by far the most hostile environment they've played in all season because, I mean, no offense to, you know, going to Boston College, but, I mean, that dude, all it was was just Neyland Stadium with 30,000 less people. There were still 75,000 god-awful orange and white folk in there. I mean, this was this is a situation where I don't like Virginia had a chance to get rested. I think they're going to have some stuff up their sleeve. Like, I trust either quarterback to protect. Like, 
I mean, I'm going to be honest. If Tony Musket was the starter against Maryland, Nick, I don't know if Virginia is maybe within, you know, a, a tied at the half or tied going into the fourth quarter kind of thing. But I also do not think that they lose by 28 because I don't think Tony Musket throws three like god awful interceptions in a row either. Like that score is probably 21 or 24 or 28 14. So you're probably sitting there, and it might even be 28 21 because like Calandria made probably one or two plays in that Maryland game. I'm like, wow, that was clearly all like not all him, but like he's the guy that made the play, not the offensive line, not the backs, not the, the wide receivers. I just don't see North Carolina being up for this, man. And maybe North Carolina is different, Nick. Maybe they are. But And you might say, oh, well, it's just Georgia Tech next week. Dude, you cannot tell me that UNC does not have that game circled. Right. After last year especially, this game has to be like – and on the road, like – you can say that Virginia and North Carolina is a rivalry, and it is to a point because obviously there are a lot of kids on North Carolina that are from the Commonwealth of Virginia. But this is like this rivalry is more in the stands than it is on the field. So it's not like these guys are going to be super juice and super like, you know, just, oh, my like of North Carolina's games this year. Nick, this is probably what like even of remaining games, probably what the fourth or fifth, probably fifth most important one left. Like we're probably the the least concerning or least exciting besides Campbell. <laughs> I mean, Georgia Tech on the road, Duke at Clemson at NC State. All four of those games are definitely more important than what Virginia's got. Than Virginia is, I mean, excuse me. Like, this is this is a sleepy spot for sorry. I mean, I'm still picking North Carolina, but I'm not crazy enough to say, oh, Virginia goes on the road and gets it done. But I'm calling it right now. No one can, no one can give me shit if Virginia does it. Because I'm telling you, like, Nick, if I was allowed to bet on college sports, right, I would be taking – Ten dollars because I got the RLA would have to afford to be able to do it, but I would take ten dollars, maybe twenty, over to my local sports book, and I would bet Virginia money line right now. You know what that money line is? Um, what is it? It is plus eleven fifty. So if you put a hundred dollars down, you would win a thousand dollars and some change. So obviously, just do the math. You put ten dollars down, you win one hundred and eleven dollars and fifty cents. That's a pretty good odds, right? That's yeah. eleven to one odds. That's pretty, pretty, pretty good. <laughs> you know, at the end of the day, like, I don't know. Again, I don't think Virginia's getting it done, but this, like, North Carolina is going to sleepwalk this game. I'm telling you right now, and Virginia is going to come out firing. I'm going to say it's 31-27. North Carolina wins this game. They score late. You know, Virginia's going to break my heart again and piss me off, and I'm going to be a cranky son of a gun while enjoying a college football game in Jonesboro, Arkansas. But, I mean, this this is – I feel very confident in this, Nick. I really do. Wow. Like, I don't, like, I don't think that North Carolina's going to shit kick us. Like I said yesterday, man, I'm excited for this game. I really am because I just think that – I'm going to get something out of this game that's going to have me excited for Virginia moving forward. Are you more confident in Virginia being within four at the end of this game or do or Florida State covering against Duke? Which are you more confident about? Ooh. 
I mean, if you're saying Virginia with four, that's too much. But I'm definitely more confident in Virginia covering than like your question doesn't make much sense because you're basically you're, wait, so you're having me you're uh, having maybe, me pick maybe, maybe no, 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 pause 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 you're having me pick two things that I'm most confident in and saying which one I'm more confident in. Is that what yeah. you're because if so, then I would definitely say Florida State because Virginia's the spread's 24, Nick. It's not four. So like I'm just saying that I think Virginia could make it a four point game. That's oh, not I me saying said, they're gonna. Okay. I heard you wrong. I thought I'm, you said no, Virginia am, could lose by four. I did. They can lose by four, but that's not. I'm saying I'm confident in them covering 24. Okay. Okay. Like yes, I'm predicting them to lose 31 to 27. But Nick, that is that would be stupid as hell for me to say. Yeah, I'm more confident in them losing by four or less because at that point I might as well just take them to win outright. <laughs> yeah. Like I am more confident in Virginia covering if that's what you're saying. Uh, the 24 than I am Wake or Florida State covering against Duke. Okay. Like if we're asking two confident picks, but I'm not going to say it by four. Like I would, I would, I wouldn't say it changed unless it's 17 or more. Because again, at the end of the day, man, Virginia has been proven to find ways to let other teams backdoor cover them. <laughs> and North Carolina definitely has the offense to backdoor cover a team. <laughs> But I am I am more confident in Virginia covering North Carolina than I am Florida State covering Duke. Gotcha. Well, I'm with you that Virginia is going to cover this game. Um, I just think your play Virginia Virginia gets a bad rap because they don't finish games off in the fourth quarter like they should, and and they've played I, arguably the toughest schedule in the ACC to date. Exactly. Yes. And I don't think any of their players are necessarily quote unquote bad. Like I think you have some good players. I think you have some playmakers. I think you have some guys that make the game interesting and could potentially pull out a win. So 23 or what was it? 23 and a half or 24 and a half? 24 and a half. 24 and a half is a lot. That's sorry. A lot. 20, sorry. It opened at 24 and a half. It's currently 23 and a half. Gotcha. Okay. It, regardless, I think both are. A lot, especially like Virginia will be up for this game. They've had a bye week. They got some juice under their belt after winning the homecoming game against an inferior opponent that they should have beaten pretty well. Um, Yeah, I don't necessarily think like North Carolina is going to sleepwalk. Like I think North Carolina is going to make some good plays. Like let's say, Micah, it's a 10-point game in the fourth quarter. That honestly would not shock me because – it, I think Virginia is just that good. No, I mean, I think like, when I say when I say North Carolina sleepwalks, like they're still way more talented than Virginia. So like, yeah. it'll be one of those things where you're like, wow, like how is Virginia hanging around? It's like the explosive, like like I wouldn't be surprised, Nick, if it's one of those things where kind of similar to the Maryland game, right? Maybe Virginia jumps on them early. They've kind of done that to a multiple multitude of teams this year, right? They jump on the team. It's 14-0. It's 14-3. It's maybe 21-7, right? And you're like, what the heck? Like, North Carolina's defense looks lost. Like, where is Drake May right now? And then they hit an explosive play. Tez Walker breaks an 84-yard touchdown pass on the next play. Mm-hmm. And then Virginia goes three and out, throws a pick, something, and then North Carolina scores, and in a blink of an eye, it's tied up. That's what I mean by sleepwalking. Like, I could see a, a scenario where in that first half, where Virginia is not – because Virginia is not going to – I don't think Virginia is just going to come out and wake up North Carolina from the get-go. Like, 
this is one of those things where I could see, again, it's 21-7 midway through the second or maybe even midway through the third. And then North Carolina goes, oh, shit, we got to wake up now, don't we? And then they, they take it to Virginia. But I, I don't think Virginia is bad enough to blow a 14-point lead to then also lose by 24-plus. You know what I mean? Right. Like, especially if it's that late in the game. Like, you say, oh, we did it against Maryland. Well, the Maryland game was 14-7 to midway through the first quarter. Like, yeah, Virginia scored the first 14 points, but they did it within the first 16, six minutes of the game. <laughs> so, there's a lot of time left to catch up. So, anyways, you can continue, but that's what I mean by sleepwalk. Yeah, I just think that, like, Virginia's talented enough to hang with it a little bit, and for North Carolina – to like not necessarily take them as seriously as they should. Um, it could bite them in the butt. So we'll see. But I got North Carolina winning, winning this game. Uh, but Virginia, I think, should cover. I It's hard to imagine them not covering after a bye week, after finally getting their first win. Um, it's going to be an interesting one. I'm, I'm curious how well Drake May is going to do. Um, it, th- this, this could be a game where, like, you know, Micah, he's been playing his balls off, and we he's been slowly creeping back in the Heisman conversation. North Carolina is still undefeated, so that's still on the table and everything, um, especially with the bad, bad day that um, Caleb Williams had at USC. It's like, okay, well, there's Drake May sitting right there undefeated and playing his balls off. He could do the same thing again, like 350 yards, three touchdowns, and a rushing touchdown. Like, how can you not start talking about him again? So, it'll be interesting. Keep your eye on Drake May because he's going to put his name back in that conversation. No, and that's fair. All right, we move on to the 3.30 game, the game that I hope Nick is at at least at some point during the day. Pitt hope heads so. to Wake for the Wake homecoming game. I can't say that I'm shocked that Wake is favored because even though what Pitt did this past weekend, obviously, if you look at the stats, you're like, ah, uh, Pitt, you're still not very good. And at the end of the day, I think these teams are pretty even. And then you just got to give Wake Forest the home field advantage in front of a what is supposed to be a sellout crowd. I mean, obviously it's sold out, but like, will it actually be packed? I think so. It's homecoming, right? Like, people are still going to go to the game. But, I mean, this game is – I'm just going to take Wake, Nick, because I think that we're going to have similar to what I talked about with Louisville – or not Louisville. Uh, no, Louisville, right? Yeah. No, 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 no. You don't know what I'm talking about, so it's not Louisville. Who was the team that played really well? Oh, NC State. Jeez. NC State plays really well against Marshall, right? And then the <laughs> next week looks like absolute dog shit. Yeah. That's what I kind of think we're going to see from Pitt. Like, Pitt's offense – like, NC State's offense against Marshall was, what, above average? Yeah. You could say the same thing about Pitt's offense, maybe even a little bit lower last week. I think they're going to regress, man. I think the Wake Forest defense is going to be ready to go, amped up. Like, these guys are going to fight. They know this is like – they need this if they want to go bowling. They need it. It's not going to get any easier moving forward. This is going to be what, win number five, right? Four. That's right. They have the bye week already, so they're three and three. Yeah, so win number four. Then you definitely need this, right? I mean, you can't be three and four with the remaining of your schedule. You can't. You're not going to win. You're not. I don't think you're going to win three more on your remaining. Like if you lose this one, I don't know how you can think you're going to magically just win the next, like three of the next five. Yeah. So with, with you know Florida State coming to town, NC State coming to town, you know obviously you got to uh, they got to go Syracuse. Like you know a lot of things like Georgia Tech. Oh, they ever played Georgia Tech? Um, I'm not really the other team. They, 
Yeah, Duke. Thank you. I, like, I know there's one other big team, Duke. Like, you're probably not winning three of three of five there. So you need this one. You do. Yeah, this is a big one. So, I, I'm not gonna give Pitt the uh, oh, you showed me something new. Like I'm Nick. It 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 does bother me how people think Pitt dominated Louisville when they didn't. They just didn't. See you you bringing that up yesterday. And me really looking at the stats of that game last night when we were recording the recap, that's why I never really I, I put Pitt up one because one spot. Like they're still to me number thirteen in my power rankings because Louisville just shit the bet. Like they beat themselves. Like nothing Pitt did was all that impressive. Like I moved them up one because yeah, you won. So you're you you opened my eyes to that. Yeah, I mean, I moved them up a lot higher, but that's only because, like, when you look at the the quality of the wins of those bottom teams, I mean, NC State's best win in the conference is Virginia. Boston College's best win in the conference is Virginia. Wake Forest's best win in the conference is – oh, that's right. They don't have one. <laughs> yeah. So, like, I, I just couldn't that's see a, a fair, world – No, no, no. The way you did it, I didn't even think about that. That's fair. But, like, that's the only that's... reason why I bumped Pitt to 10 because, again, these are powerings. Like – I genuinely believe that power rankings should change every week. Like they're not top 25 polls. They're not and even then like top 25 polls should adjust pretty quickly. But especially when we're talking about like with how our conference works, like again, what is the difference between being 10 and 14? Really? Absolutely nothing. 10 through 14 are probably all either out of a bowl picture or hanging on for dear life. Right. <laughs> so, you know, again, I don't think there's much of a difference. Like again, I think Wake's like I'm gonna take Wake to win. I, I do. I mean, and by rule they're gonna cover because I just don't think they're gonna win by just one. But I mean, this game, Nick, I am I I can't wait to get chirped by somebody from Arkansas State when I'm standing on the sidelines of warm-ups of Coastal Carolina and Arkansas State looking at my phone watching that game. <laughs> like what type of like what type of psycho lives in eastern Tennessee is eight hours from his home? had just driven 48 hours ago. Like, like, I told you what I'm doing, right? I'm driving. Yeah, you're going to Tulsa. Tulsa. Yeah, like. Psycho. Yeah, right? Like, and then to top off the icing on the cake for this sicko play of mine is watching Pitt and Wake Forest on my phone on the sidelines of a Sunbelt game that features two teams that at right now aren't locks for bowl games. <laughs> Yikes. You, you're poor. But I'm going to be doing it. But I'm probably going to be doing it. And Nick, when I do it, I will screenshot. Like, I will ask someone to take a picture with their phone so I can put it on fifth quarter ACC. You have like, you have the most understanding girlfriend in the whole world because I don't know why my girl. I, I don't know why my. I think I think my girlfriend gets away with it, or I get away with it because my girlfriend literally. So I I get lucky, Nick, because where we live in the city limits, we can't have farm animals, and obviously we don't have a farmhouse. But she lives vicariously by her parents' house, which is 25 minutes away. Her dad just bought Bevo. Like a like a big-ass cow? Yep, bought two Longhorn babies. Oh, my God. So now they have two Longhorns, 27 chickens, seven ducks, two or three goats. She has three goats now. A horse. They're looking at getting a donkey and potentially a pig. So, and, and oh, by the way, my, the house I currently live in has her three cats and one dog and my cat in a house that Nick is probably, like, 
Remember our hotel room in Nebraska? That thing's yeah. bigger than my bedroom. So, like, it's not like we're living in a massive house here. It's a one-story house with very small bedrooms. So, <laughs> like, I think I get away with it a little bit. So, I'm fortunate there. But, anyways, yeah, like, yeah, I, I am lucky, though. I'm not saying I'm not. So, <laughs> but, but anyways, yeah, dude, like, this game has me amped, man. Like, because... Again, this is a show me game. Like, this is a what is the, like, again, if I had to rank that, we'll, we'll do it to end the show, Nick. We'll rank one through five, our like must watch personally for the ACC. I'm telling you right now, this is probably going to come in higher than the Duke Florida State game. Because this game just has so much on the line for two coaches that we view in high regards in this conference. Yeah. Yeah. Th- this, this game is. Huge, like you just said, huge for both coaches. Um, and coaches that we like to talk about a lot, Narduzzi and Clawson. Um, Like I said, I had, I think you and I both had Wake much higher than they were right now. And me personally, I had Pitt very, very high uh, at the moment. Or, or when we started uh, predicting everything in the beginning of the season. So you're right. You hit the nail on the head. This is the show me game. Um, I think the Wake guys are going to be very amped up not only because it's homecoming and they're going to have a decent crowd, but they know, like, like Wake season, Pitt season is, even though they won against Louisville and that kind of gives them a little bit of hope, I'm still, you know, skeptical that they'll make a bowl game. Like, they're 2-5. and five. It's going to be very, very tough. But for Wake, this is your season right here, right here. They haven't been home in a month. They haven't played a home game in, think about it, Micah, a month. That's nuts. They had the bye week. And then two road games. So this they're they're ready to go. Um, they have to win this. And I think Lawson, we talked about yesterday how he probably doesn't know what the exact problem is. And it's probably multiple problems. O line, um, the you know, the quarterback situation. The defense is trying their best to hold up as much as they can, but we know. 75% of the problem is what's going on. In all I mean, Dave, Dave knows what the problem is. I just don't think that there is anything that Dave Clawson can do to fix it right now. To fix it right now. Right. And I think the only way you can just move forward with this season with any hope is to win this game. Win this yeah. game against a down pit team this year that has no business beating you. That, you know, started off like, hey, Wake is 3-0 and and Pitt is 1-2. and Like, that game is really starting to favor Wake. And then Wake has dropped the last three, so we'll see. But this is it. Like, this is Wake's season. Because like you said earlier, if they lose this, they're not winning three of five to go bowling. Because they got Florida State, they've got Duke, they have to go to Syracuse, and you got NC State, who does struggle going to Winston. But right now, State is kind of at your level. And they still got to go to Notre Dame. And they still got to go to Notre Dame. Yeah. Like, like, they're – I hate to say it, they are probably staring at three losses for sure th- the rest of the year. So then you got to win this one because, like, yeah. I just don't like. Because again, I even if you chalk up NC State, which I don't think you can, but if you want to chalk up NC State and Syracuse's wins, if you don't win this one, that's still five and seven. Yeah. Like, and even then, if you lose the pit at home, Nick, I don't know how confident I feel them about beating NC State at home. Or going on the road to Syracuse, he's probably going to need that game to get bowling. No, yeah, because that, that's why this game is so huge. Because it's like, okay, now we don't know. Like, those 50-50 wins, now we know they're probably not so 50-50 anymore. Yeah. You know? No. 
That's 100%. why this game is so big for Wake. 100%. All right. Moving on to the final game of the weekend. We've got Boston College heading to Georgia Tech. Georgia Tech is a four-and-a-half-point favorite. Nick, this is this sucks because I really want – like I really am kind of like believing in BC a little bit. Me too. But George, like if like if this was beat Miami, then they got to play BC the next week. Honestly, I would pick BC, but they had a buy, and I, and I really do trust Brent Key. I really do. I think that he's going to have these guys focused. We're like the only thing I could be worried about with them, Nick, is that it, there's a look ahead spot with North Carolina next week. But I'm a big believer that it's it, it's really if you if you put yourself in a look ahead spot after a bye week, then you have problems. You're not like, honestly, that's honestly on the coaching. It really is because you would think that your guys would just be so amped to get back on the field. They don't care who they're playing this week. They're going to go out and ball. Like there's no human nature to this. Like again, if they just beat Miami and then the next week have to play BC at home and know that North Carolina is coming to town next week. Like, okay. I completely understand the human element of we just won a big one. We got another big one coming up. Like you almost just skip over a week. But you had a week to to mull over the Miami game and be like, oh, I wish I was playing ball right now. Plus, factor in too, I mean, I would like to think that, you know, Coach Key has them kind of realizing, hey, BC's won two straight games and they're coming off a bye too. So they're riding momentum right now. They got to rest up. They're going to be at their peak health they've been all season since probably the start and even then, maybe even before then. I'm going to take Georgia Tech to win. I'm going to take them to cover. I'm going to say 31-24. I think it's going to be a very underrated game because I really like Castellanos, and obviously Haynes King has been a dog for the most part this season. But I have Georgia Tech going bowling. So this is going to be their way to get there. They're going to need this one because, again, like similar to what we talked about with Wake Forest, like they're 3-3 right now with at Clemson, North Carolina and Georgia still on the schedule. You have to win this one for you to feel confident that you have a chance at a bowl game. Because if you lose this one at three and four, I think there's at least two guaranteed losses, probably three still left on the schedule. And I'm going to be honest, Nick, again, I'm not trying to toot the horn of Virginia. I think Virginia is going to win a conference game this season. And honestly, their best remaining chance besides Virginia Tech, the last game of the year is Georgia Tech at home in a couple weeks. That's just their best chance is being completely transparent. Yeah. So you're, I don't think you can just lock up Virginia on the road, a place where Virginia's kind of beat, like now that they've handled Georgia tech there, but like, it's not like Georgia tech goes into Charlottesville and just automatically wins every year. <laughs> so this again, I, I'm picking the yellow jackets. I think this could be a very under, like, this could be the best game of the weekend from a all around competitive fun standpoint. Yeah, I agree. This is a very underrated game. Um, both quarterbacks are playing very well as of late, especially with Cassianos. Um, I'm going to take Georgia Tech here because they just overall, they have looked like the more impressive team this year. Um, they have the more impressive wins, uh, beating Miami, beating Wake at home. To That was like kind of the defining turn they – turn the corner in your program type of win. Um, they slept, like, they looked ahead against Bowling Green. Like, hand up. We all thought that, that they were dead, but look what they did. They came back and 
be a ranked undefeated Miami team on the road. So I'm going to take Georgia Tech in this one, but that doesn't necessarily mean that like I'm going to shit all over Boston College because yeah. I just feel a little bit better about Georgia Tech. Now, I, I still think I, BC has like turned a corner a bit getting these last two wins, but let's let's be real here. Their last two wins have been three points against Virginia and three points against a not the best Army team we have seen in the past few years. So we'll see. But I, I like Georgia Tech in this one a lot. No, and like I honestly think, Nick, that – Georgia Tech's going to play – like, this is not going to be like, oh, BC stuck around because Georgia Tech didn't play well. Like, I genuinely think both teams are going to play up to their level of, of potential. Like, Yeah. Because if, yeah. if I'm Georgia Tech and I'm Brent Key, you beat Miami. But you cannot tell me that you have not heard for the last two weeks how lucky you are. Because you shouldn't have won that game. You were right. outplayed. You were out – like – the only thing that you did better, and even then, you just got lucky that the coaching staff for Miami literally did not want to outcoach you. <laughs> like, your yeah. team hung around. That's the only – honestly, I hate to say it, Nick, they hung around and made a play on the last drive when they had to. And they didn't just quit when they saw Miami have the potential to take a knee, right? But that's literally the only kudos I give for Georgia Tech in that game. Because they were outplayed from start to finish. They just got lucky that a coach didn't want to take take advantage of the fact that his team played one of their worst games all year and still had a win literally in their hands. So, yeah, I mean, they're going to be up. And Boston College, again, like you said, I mean, they're riding high. But you're right. It's a bye week. And you can't look around and be like, oh, like, I mean, Army just got their shit kicked in by Troy. I don't know if you saw that, Nick, but. Literally, Troy beat Army this past weekend at West Point, nineteen nothing. So, like you said, like there's not like, oh my gosh, like look at our wins, look how good they are. They're not. So, I think this is going to be again. This might be well. I think Pitt Way could be the worst <laughs> played football game of the weekend, but this might be this. This is a candidate definitely for the worst played game, <laughs> but it might be the most fun as well. So. Right. Anyways, Nick, with that being said, let's do a quick segment where we rank the games from one through five. We'll start at five. You can go first. What is your what, what is the game you are least excited for? Or, like, obviously we're both busy over the weekends, right? Which game is not going to become a priority, is the least likely to end up on your TV on Saturday? Uh... That's a good question because I am battling between two. I'm going to go – oh, my God. Mm. Do it to me, Nick. Hurt my feelings. Yeah, I'm going to go Virginia, North Carolina. <laughs> the fine. only reason why I debated about it was because, like I said earlier, I want to see what kind of numbers Drake May can put up. But other than that, there's not a whole lot doing that for me right there. No, and I mean, like, it has the least amount of storyline. Yeah. If Virginia wins this game, I'm not going to throw Virginia in a bowl game tomorrow. Yeah. <laughs> like, and North Carolina, obviously, that's a, a really bad loss, but I don't think that eliminates them from the playoffs either. So, obviously, it definitely puts them back a little bit, but I mean, they still got, you know, obviously the potential to win out, go to Charlotte. Like, that, that loss is not going to come into the tiebreaker scenario with them. <laughs> 
So they control their own destiny, whether they lose to Virginia or not. <laughs> yeah. So I guess technically, if Louisville ran the table, they wouldn't. But because honestly, the Louisville loss to Pitt could probably be worse than the loss to Virginia. But still, regardless, <laughs> you're sitting very pretty. So, anyways, I get that one. But I got to go for number five. I just said I think it could be a good game and all this stuff. But I do think I have to go with Georgia Tech and, and Boston College. I mean, I'm with you there. Like, I mean, I know you're going to go with them at four, but that, that's my five because, yeah. like, I just – neither of those two teams has me overly excited to watch. Again, I said this weekend's kind of, like, overrated. And, again, my favorite team is playing in a game. So, like, by rule, like, I'm not going to probably rank it last because I'm going to want to watch it. But, like, also, too, Nick, like, not to be – not to be that person that knows this is an ACC show and we've got to try to – rank them based off of ACC and, and that's it, you know, but, oh my gosh, of course my, uh, my phone wants to be weird now, but if you ever try to load FCS scores on your, on your phone, it like takes almost two minutes to do. Cause like the apps like, oh my gosh, I have to figure out who's playing an FCS game. But like, you know, at noon we've got Ohio state at Penn state. Yeah. We've got UCF at Oklahoma. I mean, those two games alone, especially, again, Penn State, Ohio State, like, I'm going to be in a hotel, Nick, in Jonesboro, Arkansas. I'm probably going to have multiple devices going, but my hotel TV is going to be on Ohio State, Penn State. It's just going to be. So, for that reason alone, it kind of just falls by the wayside to me. So, again, no disrespect to that game, but that's number five. Number four for me, Nick, again, is I agree with you flipping it is Virginia, North Carolina. Like, even though I'm a Virginia fan, like, the only way this game moves up, Nick, is if Virginia wins. Because more than likely, I mean, like, Nick, again, I said I, I'm confident in Virginia covering, but that could be Virginia covering a 17, like, by covering because they, they lost by 17. <laughs> like, that's not a fun game to watch. Well, we've got games that I think are going to be a lot closer in score or have at least a lot more meaning in the college football landscape. Mm-hmm. So I think number four makes sense. I mean, do you want to explain anything about I me? Mean, obviously, you have BC and Georgia Tech at four, but is there anything you want to mention on that game? So I want you to let you speak on your, your picks. Yeah, because I think if Georgia Tech wins this game, which I'm predicting that they will, um, they're right back in the bowling conversation. And I think it's uh, a huge, huge win for Brent Key in this program. And Georgia Tech, like, it, it would be very fun to see them you know, in late December in a bowl game, which we haven't seen in a very long time. So this has the kind of matchup or this game has the kind of storyline that I'm hoping to see come at the end of the season. So we'll see. I mean, if Georgia Tech plays a bowl game, Nick, that's within five or six hours of me. And obviously I can attend it due to my work schedule, which I think every bowl game that's within five or six hours of me, that's an ACC tie-in. I can't attend. I will go. Because I like, I know I, I'm the I'm definitely the guy on this pod that shit talks Georgia Tech the most. I'm most I'm willing to uh, embrace that, but it's also because I respect the hell out of that program and that fan base. And like in a way, a lot of times I'm talking shit because that fan base is so passionate that they're kind of bringing it upon themselves <laughs> when you try to like bring them back to reality a little bit. So I want nothing more for them than to be in a bowl game. So obviously I agree with you there. My number three, Nick, might come out of left field. Florida State and Duke. I just don't think this game's going to be that great. 
I don't think Riley – like, if Riley Leonard's playing in this game, that probably changes a lot of this, like, from a standpoint of how excited I am. This game is going to be one of two things. Florida State's going to kick the living shit out of them, or it's going to be the most slow, sloppy, kind of boring game. And it's just – that doesn't that doesn't do it for me. When there's a sicko game available and then the game that really does matter from a – what program is really getting, you know, not on life support, but – not looking hot. Yeah. No, that's fair. That that that's that's fair. I'm not. You're not gonna hear any argument from me because I could see that definitely happen. I think a lot of people can see that happen too. But I will go Wake Pit. Um, there's a fifty-fifty chance I'll be there. We'll see what happens. But yeah. Um, just you know, it, the if you had asked me in the beginning of the season, like Michael, when we did our road trip, this game probably could have been up there in the road trip this week. Now I get there's also Clemson Miami too, but where we thought these two teams would be, Oh yeah. It could have been a really good mark. It was matchup. my, it was my, it was my runner up. If it weren't for the fact that I saw like a better wake forest home game, in my opinion, with Florida state later. Yeah. Right. So, so, yeah, I agree. So, it, there's a lot at stake here, mainly on the Wake Forest side for sure. But they come in. This game comes in at number three, just because of the quality of game that we might actually see from these two teams. So, then what's two? Two for me is Duke, Florida State. Okay, um, so basically we're we're sold on number one together. Then we're sold on number one together. Two. The reason why I keep, the, the reason why I didn't pick it as one, I get it. it's a Top 20 matchup, almost top 15 matchup. We'll, we'll say top 15 just because we are like that. Um, <laughs> I, I think it would have been one if Riley Leonard was full go 100%. Let's, let's try to take this tie. Let's try to take this away from Florida state. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it's not um, that backup quarterback won that game against NC state, but only through four completions. And that's just not going to get it done. <laughs> With no. a you know playoff contending Florida State team, it's just not. So, um, I think there's potential in this game, though. I think it could get, it could be like you look at your phone, like oh my gosh, like Duke is within a touchdown or is down seven with ten minutes to go in the fourth quarter. Like let's turn on ABC. Um, it has the potential for that, just because I think Duke's defense can match up with the O line of Florida State because they've shown time and time again that they can do that. Uh, against teams that we think are more talented than they are. So, yeah, um, that's kind of why they're not number one is because I – Riley Leonard, to me, I get it. His stats aren't popping off the page and all that. But Riley Leonard, to me, is kind of a difference maker of can Duke win this – does Duke have a chance? So No, I agree. And, again, like I just I, – the Pitt-Wake Forest matchup has – I think it just has more intrigue from a – like what it means for a team's season standpoint. Cause I, I really don't think like if Florida state loses the Duke, am I going to start questioning Florida state? Sure. But I'm still not taking them off my pre like, like I mean, the only thing I would have is maybe Duke is the, actually the ACC favorite now, <laughs> right? But that would be the only real change. Like there wouldn't be like, Oh, Florida state's done. Or like, I genuinely think loser of pit wake forest season is over. Like there's no postseason goal or hope in my opinion anymore. Right. Yeah. So that's why I went with two. And obviously, again, 
I've already explained why Clemson Miami is a top game for me. I mean, some somewhere like it's either going to be a dynasty is really in question, or on the flip side, you know, Mario is year two of this trending in a way where five and seven might be entering the chat again. Yeah, and regardless of recruiting, you ain't going to keep recruits if you can't win football games, especially in a conference that. From a talent standpoint, you should be able to beat on pure talent alone more than five times a season. Right. Yeah, there's a lot of headlines in this game. It's amazing to me that there are because neither team is ranked. Um, You know, if Clemson loses this game, that's three ACC losses for Dabo, which I don't think he's ever done before. Um and if Miami loses this, you're right. It's like, shoot, Miami, they're they're quitting again. There's five and seven right there on the schedule. Um, what if this is huge? Because I think if see if my see if Miami goes five and seven, and they can't get it done next year, I think there's no hope in this Miami program. I think you can't if Mario Cristobal can't get it done. A guy that's been with this program before Oregon, like who who's going to fix Miami? Who? So this is a big one. This is a big one. It's show me that, yeah, we had a terrible loss against Georgia Tech. We probably could have beaten North Carolina, but show me that you haven't quit. Show me that there there is something to look forward to in the future. Show me that like, hey, eight and four, that was huge for us to do after being five and seven and having an embarrassing loss last year. Like, show me that you haven't quit. That's the big thing going on in Miami right now. So, and then obviously, like I said, Clemson, if they're, if they have three losses in conference, that that's, oh boy, that's not good for Dabo. No, I'm saying. Well, Nick, that wraps this one up. As always, thank you everybody for listening. Another fun week of HC football is on the docket. As always, it means a little bit less here in ACC country. And go ACC.